Hello and welcome to the Journalism.co.uk podcast, a show where we bring you insights from media industry experts to help journalists do their jobs better. I'm your host, Jacob Granger. The wonderful thing about the medium of audio is how adaptable it is. We're not just limited to podcasts and radio anymore. Voice controlled devices like Alexa and audio briefings on private messaging platforms like WhatsApp are some of the latest ways news organisations are using audio. Broadly, however, we can divide audio journalism into two categories, regardless of the mode of delivery, short form and long form. Audio can be anything from one minute news briefings to a two hour podcast. And for those hoping to work in audio, a good grounding as to what this means for daily deadlines, interviewing techniques and preparing your guests is a must. Today, we'll speak to someone who knows quite a lot about both worlds. That's Drew Heinemann, a researcher for BBC News, currently working on BBC Radio 4's podcast Room 5, a 30-minute show about the lives that have been shaped by medical diagnoses. It's a stark contrast to the role he's just finished, working as a producer on BBC Moneybox Live, the bite-sized radio show about personal finance. He's going to help us understand the skills needed to work within these two different audio lengths. Don't go anywhere. Drew, welcome to the Journalism.co.uk podcast. Great to have you on the show. Thanks for jumping on. Thanks. It's great to be here. Would you share a little known fact about yourself with our audience, please? I think it's little known, although it is like hidden in my Twitter bio. Um, but I've actually played football at disability level for three currently Premier League clubs, I think. Yes, because Bournemouth and Fulham have both got promoted. So yeah, Bournemouth, Fulham and Brighton. Um, I've all played for their disability teams over the past decade and a half. Wow. What's your position? Uh, usually it's sort of uh, holding midfielder. So um, I can sort of stand and usually because of the range of disabilities, you sort of have to play to your each other's strengths. So whilst I'm not maybe physically the world's greatest footballer, I can sort of keep an eye on where everyone should be standing and positioning and who's offside. So it's a good position to be able to tell everyone when they need to come back and when they need to go up and move where they're standing. Hmm. So you fancy yourself a bit of a playmaker or breaking up the play? Certainly at disability level, I also play mainstream football and I am uh, usually on the bench for that. (laughs) Don't sell yourself short, but um, thanks for sharing that with our audience, Drew. Today we're going to talk a lot about the differences between short form and long form audio, which I know that you've got um, fair experience in both camps. Would you start us off with the definition between the two, the dis- distinction between short form and long form audio? Yeah, I mean, the the clue is sort of in the name. Uh, one is a shorter format and one is a much longer format. I'd say to qualify something as long form audio, you want it, I'd say, sort of eight minutes or over. But there is definitely like a middle ground where if you get beyond sort of three to five minutes, you're definitely going beyond short form, I think. Um, but things like World Service episodes of of certain programs that are sort of eight to 10 minutes or eight to 12 minutes are definitely still long form audio. Um, but sort of short bulletins, those smart speaker bulletins and stuff definitely are short form, even though they can sometimes add up to sort of three, five minutes. Right. And, and we see this across a range of different I suppose mediums. You've spoken there about the voice-controlled devices like Alexa, but there's also you know podcast, radio. This creeps its way into all sorts of different areas of journalism. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. And I think more and more people, um, especially now that it makes some money as well, um, not just long form but short form as well, 
are sort of finding ways to if they're already making content so you see a lot of people on youtube making their own sort of podcasts but also taking clips out of those podcasts i think i'd imagine the majority of short form audio is actually clips taken from longer form audio releases whether that's clips from a really long podcast like a your joe rogan or your sidemen or whatever or whether it's from sort of a documentary that's an hour long or half an hour long that's been played on bbc or something similar mm. that makes me think of when you know the reuters institute did a bunch of research around news moments and why people engage with certain content throughout their day when you think about short form audio and long form audio how is that designed to fit into different parts of your audience's day I think that there's a big focus on, especially at the moment, because audiences are moving away from traditional radio where you'd listen maybe in your car in the morning, but also a Radio 4 audience, which is a lot of the time the audience I'm working towards will listen for more than just one program. They may listen for hours at a time, whereas particularly young people aren't doing that anymore. They have short bursts of either free time or time where they want to spend doing something and they don't necessarily always that's not always true want to sit down and get into something completely fresh so the way that you introduce a longer form piece of audio to someone usually has to be in a shorter form format and that's where those clips from the longer successful podcasts come in that's why they are uh out there it's it's so people will come and listen to the whole longer thing there'll be lots of programs that will sort of take highlights or often we will adapt stories for different programs we're going a couple of years back now but i did i took a story onto radio wales and the other reporter took a story onto the same story onto newsbeat and then i also did the story for moneybox the moneybox item was 12 minutes long the radio wales two-way was less than two or three minutes long and the newsbeat story uh, was even shorter um but i think also if you think of sort of some of the iconic moments in sport, particularly commentators make this, but a lot of people can recite the the commentary that happened in a great moment or or sort of or or remember the way a certain player's name was said or the words when a driver wins their first world championship in, in F1 or something. But they couldn't necessarily describe to you what was happening on the screen in that moment. And so I think audio is like ripe for reusing that because i think most people just hold it in their heads better than images which we're constantly bombarded with because our eyes are always open but we're not always listening intently to what's around us i'm wondering what all this means from a, a stylistic point of view when it comes to creating short form and long form audio i wonder if we can just start with short form for a second and talk about maybe the strengths of of that format and also maybe some of the challenges that comes with that yeah so the strengths are at least from my perspective, and some people will disagree with this, I love editing audio really tightly. Um, like a, a lot of the stuff I work on, I'm constantly being told to let it breathe, add some, more, <laughs> add some more breaths and some time back in. But I'm a big fan of, and you can't ruin the pacing too much with this. I think I'd probably still go a little bit too far. But you can take out sort of all of the ums, you can really tighten up any pauses because you're working to a shorter format, a shorter time. So I think... 
the pacing is the main thing but it also forces you a little bit like um, a lot of people say when you write a book or when you make any other piece of art you should always go back and just take out sort of 10 15 20 percent and it just makes you reassess what is important what do people really need to hear what information like makes this story not just important from like a public service point but also what will people be interested in what do people care about and I think with long form it's very easy to get tied up in the story that you're telling and in short form you have to be focused entirely you almost have to put yourselves in the shoes of the audience and what they will want to listen to and what information they're going to take away from it because that that's the information that they go and tell people down the pub they do not recite a 30 minute documentary about the story no of course it's it's hard when you're so close to the story though and trying to cut out sound bites that you like and you're you know trying to make that decision on what makes the cut what's left on the cutting room floor has anything helped to make that easier for you uh really good editors um if you find an editor i mean i'm a researcher so i sort of work in terms of structure there's producer or producers above myself and they work with presenters who are involved in various different levels of in terms of the script and the audio they're often experts in their field so their input's really valuable and then you have the editors themselves that are also will give their input once the producers and the presenters have also had their say so they're really good at sort of helping you draw out the stuff that's really important but i think you should also make that decision yourself because then it puts you in a much stronger position if you have a disagreement of what's important you've probably worked on the story i work on a lot of the stories that i worked on for moneybox on my own until it sort of came to towards the sort of crunch time for the program where i brought what i had to the producer who told me what they wanted at the start and i've gone right this is what i've made for you and this is why i think it's the best form of this story and so you have to be prepared to say if they're like well i'd, I'd quite like this line in or i think this number is really important if you disagree it's much better that you've taken that out and you can say well this is why i took it out and this is why i included this then if you give them something that's too long and you say well i know it's a bit long but tell me what you think should come out take what you think shouldn't be there out remember that you've taken it out in case they go where's the numbers or, or things like that and then argue your point you might not always be right and and at the end of the day they do get the final say but most good ones will work with you to to make it the best possible version of itself using your insight as the expert on the story for that week and their experience as an editor. When you're feeling torn, is there any question that you come back to that helps you make up your mind or a particular workflow or process that helps organise your thoughts a bit more? The thing I often do when I'm editing audio and I'm stuck, and I, this applies to everything actually, but it works really well for this, is I was I must look absolutely bizarre doing this in the office but I will sit back in my chair I'll close my eyes and I'll just play it from the start and listen to it the whole way through imagining that I'm sat on the train listening to it and I have heard that story the most possible times so if anyone's going to get bored of it it's going to be me so so if while I'm listening to it I find my mind drifting and I'm getting bored I'm like well I'm really interested in this topic. I've spent a week doing it. So whilst I have heard this before, if I'm getting bored, there's something that's not grabbing me. So at the point where I got bored, I go back and I go, okay, I, I went wow for the first sort of 30 seconds. Why did I stop doing that? And is there something from later in the audio or something else I can move around 
sort of within within editorially to, to make it sort of keep my attention to to bring up sort of do I bring up another figure earlier do I put something in that I've maybe taken out that I maybe didn't think was important but it's perhaps interesting and will keep people's attention all the way through all the important bits that maybe are a bit drier without the interesting stuff love that piece of advice uh, tuning into your instincts I guess I'd, I'd put that down to um what about long form audio strengths versus challenges the biggest strength although you do always feel like you're tight for time because whenever you're given 28 minutes or an hour or however you always make as much content as you think you're going to be able to fit in and in the end much like when you've only got two or three minutes or 12 or whatever you always end up with not enough time um but i think you get to tell a fuller story for example if you want to know something about belarus and russia and the relations between those two countries and the history of them an episode of the inquiry in 28 minutes on that topic is probably going to give you everything you really need to know that is interesting that keeps you informed that will help you understand any news any changes and things without needing any more information that you might need if your job was related to that in any way shape or form um i also think it gives you a real chance to just let people involved in the story speak. I think the most interesting part of current affairs or news in general is the stories of the people involved. People aren't like too fussed about numbers and statistics if they aren't tied to people and things that are happening to people. And a lot of the time sort of you refer to those people as, as case studies, but I think that almost doesn't down because they are the story for a lot of your audience. It's not, the FOI that you've done, although that may have been where most of the work was, that may be, th- be the thing you're most proud of getting right. And that may be the thing that makes it a news line when you go to commissioners or, or sort of editorially. But the thing that makes your story engaging and makes people click on it is the people. And long form audio just gives you the chance to really let them speak and say their piece and include stuff that maybe isn't super relevant to like the, the news line of it or, or the reason you're doing that documentary or that episode but is just a really human moment or or just something that just fleshes out their character a little bit. I expect that the challenge associated to that, though, is sustaining the audience interest, keeping them, you know, breadcrumbing them along with the story, making sure they don't click off, um, making sure it's always relevant to them. Is it, am, I, am I right there? Yeah, definitely. And I think um, sort of something that I'm working on at the moment uh the stories can be of the people involved and the series that i work on currently just focuses on what one person at a time um if you focus on one person's story it can be very long very winding and include a lot of information that it's nice to hear and if you're chatting to someone you'd probably want to hear it but if you're sitting down to listen to a podcast or an episode of something on the radio You've never seen this person before. You don't know them. You don't know why you should care about them. And so really, I think the pacing should be sort of straight away once you've introduced someone in their situation. Okay, now, why should I care about this person? What does it mean for them? In what ways can I relate to this person's story? Especially when a lot of the time in long form audio, you're dealing with people who their stories are unique and that's what makes them special and worthy of making a whole documentary about them. But then it makes it quite hard. How do you relate to someone who has maybe a medical condition that's one in a million? Because, because <laughs> there's only maybe less than a hundred people in the whole UK who actually have that 
condition and Anne can relate to it but what they can maybe relate to is going to three different doctors before you get a diagnosis or being told that you can have a treatment or that a treatment will work and then being told that actually it's not that's not going to happen anymore for whatever reason and so sort of narratives like that as an example uh, of what makes a story that on the face of it isn't relatable very relatable to people an important skill for any audio journalist to master, whether they want to work within short or long-form audio, is to get guests to introduce themselves in a concise way. Now, that sounds like a basic skill, but it can be deceptively hard to get them to say exactly what you need them to say in order to tee up your episode. Trial and error is the only way to find out what works for you, but a punchy soundbite of your guest explaining who they are and why they are relevant in this context is always audio gold. The question you ask really determines the answer you get. Sometimes you may need to rephrase your question. Being too timid here can leave you without the ideal clip. Being too forceful can risk unnerving your guest. You need to strike the right balance, and that's where it pays to manage expectations with your interviewee before you even hit the record button. They're fully aware that you're making a piece of content at the end of the day, and whilst you're telling their story because it's important and you think people should hear it and that it would have a profound effects on people in some way shape or form it's also a piece of content that you want to be interesting and you want to match the style that your audience wants or expects and so saying to people for example with Moneybox Live saying to callers we're only going to have sort of 20 seconds what I really need is for you to answer these questions in this way um, and if you're not comfortable with any questions to tell me because we want you to sound like you're able to just recount what's happened to you and 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 so people just hear your experience and the same with experts saying to them we want you to sound like the experts we've put you for and you are the experts we put you for but that does mean that you need to understand how people expect someone on this program to sound um so yeah preparation not just with yourself but with the people that you're speaking to beyond just a briefing chat and telling them when you're going to record them but just talk to them about the program and what it sounds like sending them an episode like I see, I see I think most people do it and I still do send them a link to an episode but I think it's always worth just talking to them about it because I don't think many people will actually go and listen then especially with long form stuff to a to a long form piece of audio with short form it's a little bit easier because it's less time out of someone else's day that you're already taking up someone's time. Um, and I'd be remiss if I didn't say always be really, really grateful for people's time uh, because then they will always give you more of it next time that you want it. Um, that always works for me. I mean, it seemed to me that you were saying um, there's a bit more preparation involved with short form audio versus long form. Is that what you meant? I think so. I think because you've got some more breathing room with long form and because you can afford for in between the bits that you want in long form for a few sentences, a few extra lines compared to short form where you basically need all the information that you want to get out all together, all in a row. You do really need to make sure guests are super, super briefed. So, I mean, I can, I can break it down in, in sort of terms that I've worked in extensively. So with, with Moneybox Live, you're essentially creating a short form piece of audio where a caller that you've set, I have to set up all my callers in advance now because of COVID. Um, you set them up in advance and they come on for maybe a minute, probably more like 30 to 40 seconds. And in that time, they have to go through what is potentially quite a complicated financial situation they find themselves in. 
You may then have follow-ups that extend them to sort of two minutes, but it's usually no longer than that. And then you have experts responding to them in a longer form piece of audio, sort of six to seven minutes, depending on how much time you've got in a program. And so the preparation you give a caller about sort of try and be as sort of tight as possible. Here are the sorts of questions you're going to be asked. So if it helps you to make some notes, but please try not to read them because obviously it's a live phone in program. Let me ask a question on that. What happens if they don't live up to your expectations and what you really need from that short punchy soundbite? It's very rare that that's happened to me in a live program like Moneybox Live. There's sort of nothing you can do. You get an idea. You usually have sort of two to five questions you're going to ask a caller depending on the complex of the matter at hand usually more towards five and so after the first question which is usually tell me a little bit about your situation or worse that effect and and that question is quite vague but you don't want to sort of lift the curtain or whatever you want to call it too much by asking a really specific question that lets the audience know that we actually already know exactly what they're going to say which we don't because it's live it's often quite vague and I have to tell them exactly what that question means in their situation. So when we're asking to say about your situation, what we're asking you for is what kind of debt are you in and how did you get in it and what are you doing about it now? And sometimes that first answer makes you go, okay, we're not going to have time to ask them five questions. We're going to have time to ask them two of those questions. And so we need to very quickly, um, I will get in the ear of the presenter and say, just ask them what their situation is now and what they're trying to do to get out of it if they are trying anything for example and then go to the experts to respond and then i will usually make the decision whether or not if someone's story is really really powerful or impactful i would cut then some expert questions from the script in front of me and i just let the presenter know look we're going to come back to them and ask them sort of if the expert advice has been helpful or sort of one of the follow-up questions that we missed from before. But usually if it was a case that is that it was rambly and they weren't as very good talker as they were on the phone earlier, which is understandable. You put someone on live radio to talk about something very personal like money. I don't think, I don't think I'd be very comfortable doing it live. You just say, we're just going to have to ask them too. And Usually presenters are pretty good at cutting people short with live programs. They're quite used to it because time is is a limit. Um, with pre-recorded stuff, the one thing you should always do, especially with short form where you are limited for time and people and stories will get cut, not just short, but entirely. It's just preparing people as much as possible that, okay, thank you so much for giving me your time. Um, I'm speaking to a lot of people as part of this or whatever I'll let you know sort of what makes the final cut. And then just if you can, and this isn't always possible, but it's really important if you can before broadcast or before it gets uploaded or whatever, telling people if they're going to be in it or not and making sure that beforehand they know whether they're going to be in it or not. That's something I've got wrong before. I've, I've told people or not give, or maybe not given people the impression that their contribution may not be included. And then they've told people in their lives they're going to be on Radio 4 and then it's very embarrassing for them. And in that scenario, all you can do is apologize because there isn't anything else you can do. So it's really important just to make clear that no one is set in stone for being on air or 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 in a piece of audio until that audio is basically about to be uploaded and go out. How does all of this compare to long form where I suspect you've got a lot more time to 
dig for the answers that you want maybe a bit more serendipitously yeah and you can sort of mine for detail and ask a lot more specific questions i suppose so before you even start speaking to people you're more likely to have a document of possible case studies 20 people long and you may never speak to a single one of those 20 people because you've got the time to look for the exact story that is perfect for the format or perfect for the series or is a really good talker or maybe has a a profile uh sort of publicly but then in terms of you're right like you said if i have a pre-recorded something for moneybox i may be editing down 15 minutes of audio into into two minute clips that's probably the longest i've ever spoken to sort of a pre-recorded caller if i'm transcribing something for one of the long form projects that i'm working on for example a series where you're making sort of all episodes at once basically or there's some level of sequential so you're not working it on sort of eight nine things at once but you're working on everything towards an overall deadline there isn't really individual weekly deadlines for a program well you'll be going through the transcript of two hours of audio because you've got 28 minutes to fill not one and a half two minutes to fill um And so within that time, you can basically get the entire story from start to finish, plus colour, questions that maybe follow up from stuff, or you can afford to go off on tangents. If someone mentions that their child was very upset by something that happened, it might not be totally relevant to what you're discussing, but you can afford to, in in a pre-interview, go, oh, tell me a little bit about that. Why were they upset? Or, Or how did you deal with that? And it's a really good way to see if someone's a good talker on the fly. If you ask them about something they maybe haven't been prepped for by their press officer by asking them how they're enjoying the weather or if if they've made the most of the bank holiday weekend or anything like that. It gives you time to really find that killer case and find that detail in their story and ask them, what did that sound like? What did that feel like? What senses were being stimulated by that experience what could you hear what could you smell that really you're not asking someone although they may remember it what smell was in the air when they opened that letter to see they had 10 grand in debt and a bailiff was coming in two months whereas in a in a longer form piece you may be able to ask them sort of i was sitting in my kitchen i could hear the kettle whirring i could smell the sort of bitter smell of coffee brewing sat cooling on the table in front of me and that those both have value but just to different people and in different formats um i really love working with both of them if i'm honest i wish i could do both for every story i do but sadly uh you can't do everything okay i'm gonna do a bit of a quick fire round um now for you drew okay what's popular in the world of short form at the moment what's in vogue bulletins and clips from bulletins uh, often find their way onto social media i think actually short form audio that is then turned into video is really really popular i'm a big fan of a uh, audiogram with the waveform over a picture um i said i would have made more at moneybox live apologies to my editor that i didn't end up doing that um but they only work if the pitch is really good and they don't work as well as if you can see the people talking or there's some visual to go around it yeah same question for long form what's in vogue what's popular there's two things really there is the really 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 long form discussion based podcast so on the controversial end sort of joe rogan uh i I think uh what's his name andrew tate probably does stuff like that and on, on on the more sort of mainstream popular end you've got sort of 
sidemen podcasts a lot of sort of male british youtubers now do them and then on the on the other side you've got documentaries so true crime is still quite popular although some of the controversy around the sort of ethics of some of the true crime podcasts has sort of dulled its popularity a bit i think people are also it needs freshening up i think to interest people again but also just documentaries in general um key skills that you need to work in short form audio what would you say the key one is the confidence to just make a decision so when you're cutting down the audio just be able to go this is really strong and then just constantly think about your listener like you can think about the story and you can know what you want going into an interview but once you come down to actually making the the content out of the audio you've got just thinking exactly what is a listener interested in and, and, and imagine i haven't done all this research into this topic what does a listener need, need to know to understand this key skills for working in long form audio i think interview skill, skills are particularly important in this the ability to get someone to open up and then not losing a sense of narrative when you're piecing things together so often you'll have several voices or several moments that you're bringing audio in from and just think about how the narrative is playing out the chronological order isn't always the best order sometimes it's the right one but sometimes breaking up the chronology of something whether that's how someone the chronology of the questions you ask in an interview or the literal timeline of things that happened as long as you're clear that the timeline has been broken that things aren't in a chronology it might be a more engaging and better way to tell a story um, than having lots of bits in the middle that happened in the middle but maybe aren't very interesting on their own that's such a good point true like breaking up the chronology and you know when to maybe mess with the timeline last maybe but not least the best lesson that you've learned in audio what would it be you can fix quality and you can fix bad editing and you can fix noise levels being too high or too low in most cases don't completely ruin it um but you can't fix a bad interview where the answers aren't great and your questions weren't great and so just focusing on the people first and then worrying about all the editing and logistics and the audio afterwards it just guarantees that the interview is going to go at least as well as it can um and then don't be afraid to drop stuff i'm really bad at that um i'm still learning that but don't be afraid to drop people and just make sure they're aware that it might happen to them you should drop your mic after what you've just said yeah <laughs> which is funny because you, you've had to hold your microphone throughout this interview yeah <laughs> anyway drew it's digging into my palm um thanks so much for spending time on the podcast today chatting to me really super insights and um thank you once again appreciate it no worries thank you for having me Loads of useful tips that I'll be using within my own interviews. Something I'll take with me is the need to be decisive with audio and trust my instincts. Like Drew says, if anyone knows the contents of my audio, it's me. And if I'm finding parts dragging, it's likely others will too. I just hope you did not experience that today. But if you did, do let me know. I'd also be keen to know what you learned from this episode. What are your tips? You can tweet me at jpgjournalism or the wider team at journalism.co.uk at journalismnews with your thoughts. If you'd like to feature on the show or you've got a topic or story you want us to cover on the podcast, do get in touch. I'm on jacob at journalism.co.uk. And finally, if you like what you heard today, you can check out more of our episodes on SoundCloud, Spotify and Apple Podcasts by searching and subscribing to the journalism.co.uk podcast. That way, you won't miss our next exciting episode. But that's all we have time for this week. I've been your host, Jacob Granger. Thanks so much for listening. Until next time. <laughs>